Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Let us pray. O God, it did instruct the hearts of your faithful by lay the Holy Spirit. Granted by the same Spirit, may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Ignatius, St. Alfonso Liguri, all God's angels and saints. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So, before getting into the topic for today, I'd just like to tell um, a word or two on a great saint that we celebrate today. And his name is Saint Alphonsus Liguri. Uh, by your age, uh, if you're 16, he already had two doctorates by the time he was 16, which usually would take until you're 30 years old. And he was brilliant. He was a genius. He had a doctorate in canon law as well as civil law. And... Um, uh, pray to him because he had so many talents, but but he used them. Uh, number one, he was a genius, and not all of us are geniuses, but uh, he had an incredible intellect. He was also he was also a musician. He was also a writer. He was also a poet. He was also a composer. He was also a founder of a religious order. And I'll tell you a story that he actually told in the Mass in Spanish that has always impressed me. So by the time he's 16, 17, he's already got a double degree in law. And he's uh, one of the most famous lawyers perhaps in the world when he's about 25 years old. And he's asked to defend what's called the famous Corsini case, which was a law case back in Italy about 250 years ago. And he gave a, as a lawyer, he gave a brilliant defense uh, in the case. And he had never, he never lost a case uh, in the law court in his, in his whole life. He forgot to bring in the most obvious evidence and um, as a result of that, he lost the case. And he rushed out of the courtroom and said, vanity of vanity, this world has always betrayed me. I will never return again. So he rushed out of the, the courthouse, went home, shut the door in his room and um, went into his room for about three to four days, prayed and fasted and he came out and he told his father that he was going to become a priest. His father grabbed him and almost strangled him and said, no, you're going to become a famous lawyer, politician and you're going to marry this woman. He said, Dad, I can't. So he had to fight with his father Father, his father, finally his father gave in. And he went on to become 
one of the greatest saints in the Catholic Church. And his name is Saint Alphonsus Liguri. So it's important that we get to know some of the saints. When he was in his mid-60s and his health had already declined, the Holy Father said, I want you to become bishop. He said, I can't become a bishop. I just don't feel healthy enough. And the Pope said, your, your shadow is enough to sanctify the whole diocese. Think about that. Your shadow is enough to sanctify the whole diocese. So he accepted. He lived to be about 91 years old. And this is about, he died about 200 years ago. And um, to this very day, if you ever want to get to know the writings of great saints, Saint Alphonsus is the key. I'll tell you one idea, one idea in his writings. And I hope you take this seriously. He says this. If you learn how to pray, okay, you learn how to pray, and you pray well, you will be saved. If you do not pray, you give a pray, you will be damned. That's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. So all those who are in heaven, all those in heaven, one reason, is because they learned how to pray and they prayed well. All those who are damned to hell, they didn't pray. So I'm giving you a golden opportunity for two weeks trying to teach you how to pray. Take this seriously. Your salvation could depend upon these two weeks, these two months. Your salvation could could depend on it. So if as a result of this course, I'm whetting your appetite to want to pray, to want to start to pray a little bit more, could be your salvation. And that's my hope. That's my hope, that you will be saved. So I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray that that you want to pray. As a teacher, I can teach how to pray. I can go on and on and on. Many of you know me. I'm a non-stop speaker. <laughs> I can preach and teach. No. But I cannot give you the desire to pray. I can't give it. I can't give it. So you have to beg. Beg St. Alphonsus. And beg the Blessed Virgin Mary that you want to pray. And I would would say, pray even when you don't feel like praying. That's a sign of maturity. Pray when you don't even feel like it. Pray anyway. And one of the greatest models of prayer you have is Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the first sorrowful mystery Jesus is experiencing a such an intense desolation that he's sweating blood. Do you know why? Because all of the sins of the world are descending upon Jesus in that moment. From the time of Adam and Eve up to now until the end of the world, all of the sins of the world 
were descending upon Jesus Christ. And that caused him so much agony that he actually sweat blood. And his, greatest, his biggest suffering was he knew that there would be people in the world that would reject his love and they would choose hell over salvation. So take Jesus Christ as your model. And that's what we're doing last week and this week. We're trying to get to know who Jesus Christ is. We're trying to get to know who Jesus Christ is. In the reading today that we as priests read in the Liturgy of the Hours, the second reading is one of the most beautiful readings you have in the Liturgy of the Hours in the Church. And it is one of the writings of St. Alphonse of Liguri. And this is the summary of his, of his writing and preaching. It's the love of God. And he says this. Now you young people, you have to pray for the grace to recognize that God is love in God, in Jesus Christ, really loves you. Now you've heard you've heard that before probably a hundred times. It almost sounds like like a cliche or a pious platitude. That's what it kind of sounds like because you've heard it so many times. But if you're really if you're really convinced that God is love, that He really loves you, it changes the whole your whole perspective in life. It will. I repeat, if you're, if you're convinced, not simply intellectually, but in the depths of your heart, that God, Jesus Christ, really loves you, it changes your whole perspective of life. You're not work, walking around with an inferiority complex. You're not stressed out. You don't suffer from anxiety because you know that Christ loves you. And that's the goal of this mini-course is to recognize that Christ really loves you. Christ really loves you. I'd like to tell you a story. If we, if we love Christ, we recognize he loves us, then we're going to be showing love to the people that surround us. I'm going to tell you a personal anecdote. When I was a child, I lived in New York and New Jersey, and my, my mom had... Uh, had a lot of kids back to back. So my mom would have four teenagers at the same time. So when I was a child, my dad made enough money to get uh, someone to help out to clean the house once a week. So my mom worked hard. So my dad was able to give my mom enough money to be able to pay for someone to help out. My mom chose my mom chose someone to clean the house and I'm going to be honest with you the the ugliest person I'd ever seen in in my life I mean he was ugly feo as they say in Spanish no I mean he was ugly as sin as they say no I mean he was he, he was ugly 
He was maybe about four foot eight. He was a hunchback. He was completely bald. Okay? He had a sty. Do you know what that is? A sty? Any of you? His eye. His eye was red and it, it was distorted. I mean, the guy was ugly. And he scared the hell out of me. Excuse my English, no? But what I really admired is that my mom showed so much. He was a Jewish man, okay? His name was Mr. Sternberg. Remember his name? But but what what impressed me is how much respect my mother had for this man. That that impressed me. He scared that the heck out of me. But I was even more impressed by the the way my mom treated this guy. So one occasion he was working on Saturday. Uh, one Saturday, my mom would always bring him some lemonade to drink at about twelve noon. He'd, he'd work from about eight to about four o'clock. And my mom would always prepare lemonade and he'd bring his own lunchbox. So I was at home. She said, uh, Eddie boy, you're going to bring him lemonade. <gasps> I almost had my first heart attack. Mom, that guy scares the heck out of me. He's so ugly. Hey, you're a Catholic. You go to Catholic school. You already made your first communion. You know what the Bible teaches. Well, Bible or not, I don't want to go in front of that guy. He's so ugly. My mom said, do it for love of God. So I went there like this. I was afraid if I put that lemonade in that hand, it would end up in the floor and not his hand, huh? So I went up to him and I said, Mr. Sternberg, here's a glass of cold lemonade. And he gave me a smile and said, thank you, I'm very thirsty. And he drank it. From that moment on, I was converted. I have always had a great love for the poor and the rejected of the world. Thanks be to God and thanks to my mom. Thanks be to God. I was converted at nine years old. But if my mom did not force me to go beyond my selfishness, I probably wouldn't be a priest. How many Sternbergs have you met in your life? Uh, how many of you have, have turned your back on him, turning back on Jesus Christ? So if you're meditating upon this, it should move you to be a better person. And less, less selfish. I repeat, if you're, if you're really praying better, Teresa of Avila says, how can we know we're praying well? If we're living well. There should be a parallel between the way we pray and the way we live. There should be a parallel between the two. So let's pray that we recognize that Christ really loves us. And then let's show our love to people and perhaps the un unlovable people of the world are the ones that God wants us to love most. As Mother Teresa would say. you like the story? It's a, it's a cool story, isn't it? And it's humbling for me to admit that I was a selfish little kid, afraid of that ugly guy. But 
that changed my life. It did. And thanks to the fact that they're not, my mom was trying to push me out of my shell of selfishness. We're all selfish at times, right? No? No, I, I, I learned to swim when I was very young. Any of you know how to swim? If you, if you don't jump off the dock, you're never going to swim. If you don't overcome the, the coldness of the water, you're never going to swim. You don't fill your, your nostrils with water the first three or four times, you're never going to swim, huh? So we have to, we, we got to get out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get out of our, we all want to be in our comfort zone. We all want to cling to our blanket, like, like Linus, right? Remember that? We want to cling to our blanket like Linus. God wants us to go into the deep and do great things for him. So let's get to know Jesus a little better. And this is the last class, so thank you very much for coming. But persevere, and at the end we're going to give you a gift. We're going to do another trivia. We're going to be giving a beautiful gift. So we're going to get to know Jesus a little bit better now. We'll have the trivia. We'll break up in the groups. And it was great to be with all of you. So let's move into the PowerPoint. Okay, our topic is the call of the king. Okay, Jesus is the king. And he's calling you to follow him. Okay, how many of you are confirmed That's most of you. Did you know that once you're confirmed, you're called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and you're called to bring Christ to others? And most of you are confirmed. If the grace of confirmation is not being suffocated within you, hopefully it's not, you should have this desire to bring people to Christ. The love of Christ compels us, St. Paul says. The love of Christ compels us. It moves us on. So you, as teenagers, you should pray for the grace. How can I bring someone to Christ? I'll tell you the obvious way. Convince one of your friends to hit the confessional. Come back to Mass. The biggest religious group in this country are non practicing Catholics. Did you know that? I repeat, the biggest religious group in this country are non-practicing Catholics. You know, if you go through L.A. County and you knock on doors, you're going to find most of the people in L.A., Latinos and Filipinos, there are a lot of them, I mean, they're, they're Catholics, at least baptized. But if you knock on of ten doors, yeah, I'm a Catholic. Do you go to church? No. 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 Yes. Yes. Got the percentage? Eight no's and two yeses. we got to move on it. You know, I, in a certain sense, I admire the Jehovah Witnesses. I do. They get more fire than we have. You ever, meet, you ever meet the Mormons, any of you? You ever hear the Mormons? Huh? Huh? Man, I admire the Mormons. I remember one occasion, as I, 
I will go and knock on doors in the parish. I went to the parish here probably four times of one knocking on all doors, trying to bring the people back. And I'm always afraid of the pit bulls, no? Is there a lot of pit bulls, wine gardens, no? I remember it was like midday, and they're in the middle of Hawaiian gardens, which is basically Mexican, 75%. I met these two guys with white shirts, a black tie, blonde hair, blue eyes, and they were driving a bike. Know who they were? Any of you? Mormons! Mormons, Mormons, they drive bikes. They're usually about 6'2". They got blonde hair. They got blue eyes. They wear a white shirt. They wear a tie. And I started to talk with them. And what impressed me most is they, they spoke a better Spanish than the Mexicans. Wow. Man. Ecole. Man. So where did you guys pick up the Spanish? We went down to South America to come here to L.A. to convert the Mexican to become Mormons. I never forgot that. And theologically, I don't agree with anything that they say, but I admire their zeal. How many of us would be willing to learn a foreign language to bring people back to church? In the heart of Manila, learning Tagalog, if you don't know it. You're learning Portuguese. See how spiritually lazy we are? We've got the fullness of the truth, but we're lazy. they got the fullness of error, but they got fire. <laughs> how ironic. Huh? How ironic. you got the fullness of the truth. But we're a sleeping giant. A sleeping giant. they got the fullness of error, but they got fire to spread their errors. We got to beat them out. Amen? Got to beat them out. <laughs> beat them out. So all of you right now, you have, you have one person in mind now, a friend, a cousin, a relative. You'll have some person in mind right now. Bring them back. Before grabbing, grabbing them by the hair, that's not going to work anyway, no? Praying fast. Pray and fast. Go to Mass three times. Do some penance. Then after you've disposed yourself, then say, hey, why don't you come back to the church? St. Peter's, you know, you've got a priest here in confessions. They've got a Mass there, four Masses a day. Here's the bulletin. Come on back. Why don't you have enough courage to do that? You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Amen? You got nothing to lose, but you got everything to gain. The worst thing that can happen to you is take a hike, Mike. Go jump, jump in the lake, Jake. Jake, okay? get out of my life. Okay, it hurts a little bit to be rejected, but at least you tried, and you did that for Christ. Right? You're not here by chance. You want to get me angry? Say, "Good luck, Father Broom." And I will rebuke you. Because I don't believe in luck. I believe in divine providence. Nothing happens by chance. Good luck. Good riddance to good luck, no? There's no such thing as good luck. 
Jesus says, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. You too. Me a little bit less, huh? He knows when one of the hairs of your head falls falls to the ground, you go out after this class and you're taking a walk on, on Juan, your hair falls off underneath the tire of Mercedes-Benz and ends up in Jorba Linda, huh? He knows it. God knows everything. Nothing happens by chance. You know, God never says, whoops. You know the expression, whoops? Oh, whoops. <laughs> he doesn't have butter fingers. God isn't God is that can be taken by chance. Everything happens due to divine providence. Amen? So, the whole, the topic here is this. A fishing we will go, a fishing we will go. Hi ho the merry oh, a fishing we will go. Right, Ashley? Yeah. Let's go fishing. Right, Catherine and Teresa? I'm going to go fishing. And not fishing for smelly fishes, but fishing for souls. Amen. Yeah? Fishing for souls. Your soul, you know, your soul is worth more than the whole created universe. Did you know that? Think about the whole created universe, the cosmos, the meteors, the black holes, no? The planets, the planetary systems. Your soul is worth more than all that put together. How precious you are in the eyes of God. You know, you were redeemed not by blood of calves or by gold and silver. You were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Look at the cross. You are saved by the blood of Christ. How precious you are. Okay, so the first meditation is Jesus calls the apostles to go fishing. And they haven't caught anything the whole night. And Jesus is preaching from the boat of Peter. And Peter's sitting in the boat next to him. Afterward, Jesus says, go into the deep. So with Peter, they go into the deep, drop the nets, and they catch so many fish that the boat is sinking. And they haul the fish on shore. Peter falls to the knees of Jesus and says, Lord, leave me because I'm a sinful man. Jesus says, do not be afraid because right now you will be a fisher of men. And he says they left everything to follow Christ. Everything to follow Christ. So that's going to be your first meditation this week. You're called to be a fisher of men too. Amen? You're called to be a fisher of men. Let's move on. Next would be Simon the fisherman. Simon the fisherman. Not only did Jesus call Simon to be the fisherman, but he called Simon. Okay, let's uh, the Bible trivia. Who's the brother of Simon? Andrew, and who's the brother of John? James. Who? James. Okay, so you've got Andrew and Simon, and you've got James and John. What does that mean? Teamwork. Teamwork. 
You, you have to learn to work with Christ, but also you have to learn to work with others. Yeah. As Americans, we tend to be very independent, like Daniel Boone. Huh? We tend to be, we tend to be in, independent. We have to learn the importance of collaborating. In sports, it's called teamwork. It's called teamwork. So Simon Peter worked, but he had to work with his brother, and he had to work with his, with his two best friends. And one of the worst enemies, have you ever been jealous or envious? Say yes, Father. That's, your, that's enemy number one. We become jealous, we become envious. We, and you know, we start to compare ourselves with others. You ever notice when you compare yourself with others, how do you feel afterward? You always feel sad and depressed, right? See, Padre, yeah. That's true. You start to compare yourself with anyone, maybe when you're doing it, there's a little bit of your relishing, but afterward you, feel, you, you fall into desolation or sadness. So don't focus upon your friend, your brother, and sister, but focus on what God wants you to do. What God wants you to do. We have a New York expression, mind your own beeswax. Huh? <laughs> Spanish chain, no tenetas, as if you speak Argentinian Spanish. Huh? Focus upon what God wants you to do. And not on your your friend that has something that you don't have. Okay, your, your friend has something you don't have, but you have something that your friend doesn't have. You ever think of it that way? That's true. Your friend has something you don't have, but you've got something you, your friend doesn't have. Be thankful for what you have and, and develop. Cultivate that talent. Amen? Let's move on. Simon the Fisherman. Next is the call of Matthew. Have any of you seen? Have you ever, any of you seen "Chosen" by Jonathan Rumi? Any of you? Have, okay. How many of you seen "Chosen"? Did you like the call of Matthew? Matthew's pretty cool. Seemed to be kind of somewhat spastic, right? But Matthew becomes one of the prominent figures in that series of Jonathan Rumi. So Jesus goes to Matthew. Remember the scene. He says, follow me. Matthew, back then, he was, he, was a, he was a publican. He was a tax collector. And yet, if you're not aware of what he was doing, I'll tell you. A tax collector, Matthew was a Jewish man collecting taxes from, from the Jewish people and giving the money to the Romans. So they were considered considered be a traitor, traitors, and usually they were really rich, but they got it by stealing, by jacking up the prices. So Matthew had a lot of money, had a lot of friends. He had his house, he had a lot of pleasure, a lot of friends. Some of the friends were pretty shady individuals, probably prostitutes and and other tax collectors. Uh, really a motley group of individuals, to say the least. So Jesus comes and says, Matthew, follow me, and he leaves everything to follow Christ. So in one of your meditations, you're going to become Matthew, and Jesus is going to say, follow me. What's preventing you from following Jesus? 
what's preventing you from following Jesus Christ? Pray over that. What are you clinging to that prevent you from clinging to the hand of Christ? If I want to give you a handful of diamonds and gold and you got your hands filled with sawdust, you got to leave the sawdust first. You got to relinquish it. <laughs> I cannot put diamonds and gold in your hands if you got crud, you got sawdust. You got to open up your hand and let it out. What are we what are we clinging to that prevents us from clinging to Christ? Pray over that and be honest. And see if you can relinquish, you can give that up. Next. Call a math Okay, you've heard the word conversion, huh? Have you? You've heard the word conversion. Okay, of all the conversion, conversion means change. It means change. The word in Greek is metanoia. If you like language really well, another word is metamorphosis, where there's a radical change. Okay, the most famous conversion in the world is this one right here. And it's the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. He was heading toward Damascus to arrest the Christians. And on the way, probably he was on a horse, Jesus visited him. And he heard a voice, heard a thunder. And the voice was this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He fell to the ground and said, Who are you? I'm Jesus of Nazareth who you're persecuting. What do you want me to do? Go into Damascus and I'll tell you what to do. There he is, totally blind. He had to be led by the hand into the city, into the house of a Christian. There he is there for several days. And then another Christian, Ananias, had a vision in which Jesus said, go and visit Saul, he's praying, he's fasting, he's blind. And Ananias goes into the house, says, brother Saul, places his hands upon him, these scales fall from his eyes, and then Saul of Tarsus is baptized and becomes one of the greatest Christians in the history of the world, perhaps the greatest missionary after Jesus Christ. He went through a radical, radical conversion. All of us, maybe don't go through a radical conversion every day, but we're called to a daily conversion every day. And let's beg for that grace. Next. Okay, here we have Jesus meets this, he's, he's known as the rich young man. This rich young man comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Very important question, right? What must I do to get to heaven? Darn good question. And Jesus says, you want to go to heaven? Then obey the commandments. That's going to be part of our trivia today. See if we can get to know the commandments. <laughs> so, Jesus goes through a series of commandments. And the, this rich young man says, I have obeyed these commandments ever since I was small. Then the gospel says that Jesus looked at him with love. Beautiful passage. He looked at him with love. 
He looks at you with love too. Yeah. Right? Jesus looks at you with love. Let him love you. Then you can love him back. Then you can love the Mr. Sternbergs of the of the world. Yeah. Let him love you. Love him back. And you're going to have to love the Sternbergs of the world. Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell all you have, give the money to the poor, and come and follow me. He was a rich young man, and guess what he did? Says his face fell, he became very sad because he had many possessions. And he left Jesus and he never followed Jesus Christ. Are you attached to material things? Hello? Yes, Father. Beg for the grace. Beg for the grace not to be a slave of materialism. Beg for the grace. Beg for the grace. Not, not to be a slave of material things. My mom would say this, your possessions possess you. Well said, mom. Your possessions possess you. You can be, you can be possessed by your own possessions. So in the most affluent, rich society in the world, the United States. Pray for the grace to live a life of greater detachment. Saying no to material things so you can say yes to the love of God. Jesus says you can't serve love, you can't serve God and money at the same time. So let's pray that we're, we, we, we're not slaves of material things. But we're servants and friends and lovers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay, next. The vocation of Moses. You've heard of Moses, right? So you're going to meditate upon Moses again. Moses, especially his encounter with God in front of the burning bush. And then what does Moses do? He leads the Israelites out of the slavery of Egypt and then the Egyptians are following him in their chariots and Moses lifts up his hand with a stick and what happens is the Red Sea is split in two. So Moses and, and the Israelites are able to walk on dry land through the Red Sea. Moses, very important figure in the Bible. And finally, we have the last is the greatest, and that is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Here you have the Archangel Gabriel appearing to Mary, and the Archangel Gabriel says, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And the Archangel Gabriel asks Mary if, it, if she will be the mother of God. Mary was the age of a lot of you girls. She was a teenager. 
probably, she was probably 16. About 16. And Mary says yes to God. Then God comes down from heaven into the heart and womb of Mary. And nine months later, Jesus is born in the stable of Bethlehem. So how thankful we should be for Mary's yes. If it were not for Mary's yes, my friends, none of us would be saved. Heaven would be closed. So let's thank God that we all love Mary. We all love Mary. And like Mary, Mary teaches us this, among many things. I mentioned this, I think, about five or six weeks ago. The universal call to holiness, the universal call to heaven, but the universal call to happiness. You want to be happy, huh? You want to be happy? All of you want to be happy. Is that true? So do I. I want to be happy. Now, we all know it by instinct, by intuition. Everyone in the world wants to be happy. And then you, you go to school and you see these girls are cutting themselves. You heard someone to try to commit suicide. This, this took an overdose and thanks be to God she didn't die. You're all in contact with that. Right? We never live in a world where so many teenagers committing suicide. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to scare you, but it's the truth. And I'll tell you the reason why, tell you the principal reason why people are not happy is because they're searching for happiness in the wrong place. They're searching for it, hey, listen, in drugs, in pornography, in drinking, in drugs, in casinos, and they're searching for happiness in the wrong way. And that's a lie. And the devil is the father of lies. And there's a big difference between joy and pleasure. Pleasure, you, you can buy pleasure. You got big bucks, go to Las Vegas and you can you can live it up, huh? You got big bucks. Go to Las Vegas and just enjoy life. It's Miller time, huh? Just live it up. But pleasure, pleasure and joy, they're not the same thing. Pleasure, you can buy it. But joy is what? It's a knowledge that Jesus loves you. Once you're convinced that Jesus loves you, then in the depths of your heart, you're going to experience joy. It's going to happen. Irrespective of what's going on. Did you know in the midst of a, of a tornado, you know what a tornado is? In the eye of the tornado, there's a calm. Did you know that? In the eye of it, there's a calm. In the midst of storms on the sea, when you go deep, there's a calmness. So we're living in a world where there's a lot of tornadoes out there today. <laughs> there are. A lot of tornadoes. A lot of monsoons as they have in the Philippines. A lot of typhoons. They're out there today. They are. But if you're rooted in God, you're still going to experience a lot of joy and happiness. Amen? He's our Alpha and Omega. He's our anchor. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? So our hope is, our hope is that 
in this mini course that we've had that you will have an encounter with Christ and he'll change your life. Amen? Why wait, why wait until you're 83 years old? What? Better when you're 13 or 14, right? Now, I'll be converted father when I'm 75 and I'm retired. You might, you might be killed in a car accident when you're 49. Huh? We don't know. I don't want to sound apocalyptic, but we don't know when, when God's going to call us. Now is the day to give ourselves to God. Amen? Amen. Right now. And don't say the same thing, mañana, mañana, mañana. No, don't say mañana. You know, mañana never exists. That's always beyond our grasp. In the past, the past is in the past. Let's live right now and try to become the saint that God wants us to be. Amen? Okay, let's move on to our trivia now. The Ten Commandments. Do they have a... No, they have Okay, right now we're going to get a worksheet. And we're going to have a trivia. And it's going to be on two things. The Ten Commandments, and then it's going to be an acronym that I wrote as a teacher, the five M's of happiness for teenagers. We're going to give you a beautiful card of the Blessed Virgin Mary as a final gift of this course. You're going to get uh, a worksheet. You're going to get a beautiful card of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Here you have it. And there's a beautiful prayer at the end. We'll say the prayer at the end of our conversation. And we're going to get to learn something that's essential. Now don't, uh, I'm not speaking down to you, but most Catholics, most Catholics uh, don't even know the Ten Commandments. Okay? Most Catholics do not know the Ten Commandments. So we want to try to get to know the Ten Commandments and the way this is put together is thanks to the help of Elvira, we actually have the actual biblical verses of the Ten Commandments. So we're learning a lot about the Bible. So you can, you can find the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus and then in Deuteronomy. So we're going to be relying a lot upon Exodus today. Okay, you all have your worksheet and you got a pencil and you got your thinking cap on? Good. Let's go for it. Number one. Let's write it down. Okay, the first commandment is this. I am the Lord, your God. You shall not have other gods besides me. It's a little bit longer, but write it down. I am the Lord, your God. You shall not have other gods besides me. I am the Lord, your God. You shall not have other gods besides me. Just incidentally, that commandment is the most important of all the commandments. In a certain sense, whenever you commit a sin, whenever you commit a sin, you're, you're always breaking the first commandment. So that's the rock foundation. That's the rock foundation of all the commandments. Okay, let's move on. Number two. You following me? Okay, you should not take the Lord's name in vain. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. 
have great respect for the name of God. Okay, have, have any of you ever been at one of my masses? So I've, I've been, here, been here even almost before your parents were born. <laughs> okay, if you ever watch me the way I celebrate mass, every time I say the name Jesus, did you notice what I do? Grace? Right, every time I say the name Jesus, I bow my head. Next time you see me say Mass, I do that. I don't think you ever miss it. Every time I say the name Jesus, I make a bow. Because that's a very holy name. Okay? At the name of Jesus, St. Paul says, every knee in heaven and earth and below the earth shall bow. So great respect for the name of Jesus. Okay, number three. Third commandment is... Remember to keep holy the Sabbath. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath. What that? There's a lot in that, but especially Sabbath is a day of rest, but it's a day in which you go to church on Sunday and you praise God in Mass. That's the essence of it. There are other things too. Please, I beg you, when you get older, you go to college, maybe move out of state, pray for the grace today never to miss Mass on Sunday. Pray for the grace. You know, and I, I, I've missed Mass on Sunday once in my whole life. And I'll tell you why. I was living on the East Coast and... Some of you have never seen snow. I was brought up and raised with four months of snow every year. You know what a snowstorm is? There was a snowstorm on Sunday. I couldn't get out of the house. So I, I couldn't go to Mass. That's the only time in my life I ever missed Mass on Sunday. And me and my older brother, who is a spine surgeon, we never missed school once in our life. Me for 30 years and him for 28 years. How about that? We might have a sniffle or a cold or something, but we would always we just just go to school. And we'd always go to Mass. But because of the snowstorm, we couldn't make it. And I, I was about eight years old. I really felt that. Miss Mass, is that a mortal sin? My mom and dad said, no, we not a sin because we can't get out of the house. <laughs> but my little conscience bothered me, no? Okay. You think there's going to be a snowstorm this coming Sunday in Los Angeles? You think so? I doubt it, no? Fat chance, no? So, there's not going to be any snowstorm. Make sure you make it always. And you know, your teenagers, you suffer from complainitis, right? See, probably, huh? I think you suffer from a malady. It's called complainitis, complaining about everything, no? When your parents say, let's go to Mass on Sunday, oh, I don't want to go. Don't do that. That hurts God and that hurts your parents too. That hurts God. That hurts your parents. See? Going to yeah, uh, I'll be ready, Mom. Yeah. So uh, pray for the grace that you, you want to go to Mass. There's not going to be a burden. It's not like going to Alcatraz or going to jail, no? Okay, the next would be, fourth commandment, is... Your favorite, 
Honor your father and your mother. That's your favorite, right? Oh, I can hear you groaning, huh? <laughs> Listen, I'm, I, I'm four times your age, but let me tell you. If you, if you, if you learn how to obey, obey, God will bless you. I promise you that. If you're always disobeying your parents, you're disobeying... Sooner or later, it's like holding a firecracker. It's going to explode in your hand. Okay? It's like having a firecracker or dynamite or TNT. So, I know it's hard to obey your parents and you feel that they're infringing upon your rights as, as teenagers, no? But, obey them. Unless they tell you to rob the bank, Okay? Or burn down the city of L.A., but I don't think they're going to be doing that. I hope not. No. So obey your parents. Okay, fifth commandment is, "Thou shalt not kill." You shall not kill. Let me tell you where there's a modern pistol in between your two set of teeth. Father, I don't understand your English. You open up your teeth. What do you have in between your teeth? You got your tongue, huh? Hey, you can kill with your tongue. You know, you can kill with your tongue. Listen to this advice. Think before you speak. You hear me? It's <laughs> good advice. Think before you speak. In New York, we have an expression, open up mouth, insert foot. Okay? Spanish, they say, meter la pata. They say in Spanish, huh? So learn, learn, how to, learn how to think. And not to be so impetuous or impulsive. Think and then speak. And remember this, the golden rule. Do and say to others what you want them to say and do to you. Amen? It's called, it's called the golden rule. Golden rule. Do to others what you want them to do to you. Say to others what you want them to say to them. We all understand the golden rule. Number six. You shall not commit adultery. Heard a story of this eight-year-old kid went to confession, said to the father, I lied. I stole bubblegum. I stuck out my tongue at my abuelita. And then the eight-year-old kid said, Also, Father, adultery. <gasps> oh, getting younger and younger. Wow. Getting younger and younger. Eight-year-old, he committed adultery. Ha! Ah! The priest asked, Adultery, what did you do? He said, I disobeyed the adults. It's a good one, huh? Okay, adultery doesn't mean disobeying the adult. It means, being, say you're married, a married woman, and you cheat on your husband. That's called adultery. Okay? It's being unfaithful to your spouse. So, and now with, with the internet, you can, you can do that in many ways today. Because the internet, you can commit adultery in many, many ways that, that couldn't happen 50 years ago. So, Watch over your eyes, your minds, your affections, your heart. 
Amen? Vigilance. Vigilance, vigilance. Watch over yourself. Okay, let's move on to the next. Number seven. Thou shall not steal. Respect the property of others. Respect the property of others. You think laziness can be related to stealing, Ashley? Yes. It really is. If you're lazy, you're, you're robbing the glory that you should be given to God by your laziness. Got that? I mean, it's a more ex- extensive interpretation. I could, take, I could take each of the commandments and I could probably spend hours going through them. I'm just giving you one idea. I probably spent a half a million hours in the confessional since 1986. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> So I wasn't born yesterday, no. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next. Thou shalt not bear witness against your neighbor. Here's a classical story I like to tell. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Bueno. Bueno, quien es? La Tia Lupe. Ah, la Tia Lupe. Tia Lupe. Ah, good old Tia Lupe, huh? What do you want? I want to talk with your mother. Mom, it's the Tia Lupe. Híjole, que pesada. Tell her, tell her, tell her, tell her I'm not here. Tell her I'm not here. You know, Tia Lupe, my mom told me to tell you that she's not here. It's a lie, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a white lie. Mentira hmm? pierosa. But it's a lie. Try always to tell the truth. Jesus says the devil is a father of lies. So if you're a liar, you're a daughter of the devil. Wow. Strong medicine, huh? You want to be a daughter or son of the devil? So always tell the truth. Always tell the truth. And if you're a teenager, you're a liar, you're probably going to be a liar when you're 80, 80 years old. So now is the time to form good habits of always telling the truth. You don't want to be a chronic, incorrigible liar. No. Tell the truth. Jesus says the truth will set you free. Amen? Okay, next. Thou shalt not cover your neighbor's wife. Okay, the best way to interpret this is use very strong vigilance to what you're looking at on the internet. Be very demanding. Be very demanding when you're looking at the in the internet or TV or movies. None of us want to become form addictions to drinking, to pornography, to drugs. We don't want to form addictions 
That's modern slavery. It is. Look about Abraham Lincoln. We've got more slaves today than in 1863. We do. There's modern slaveries that are much more oppressive. They're moral slaveries. So the more that you love Christ, the more you're going to be free. Freedom of the sons and daughters of God. Amen? Okay, number 10. Write it down. Thou shalt not cover your neighbor's goods. Interpretation? Don't compare yourself to others. Be thankful for what you have. Don't compare yourself. And as I said earlier, when you compare yourself to others, you always end up sad and depressed. But rather, thank God for what you have. All right. So now, here we've got Okay, do we have the, the five M's? Yes, yes, in the back of the room. Okay. So what we're going to do, we're going to do the five M's. we have that? Oh, it's not there. Okay, she has the five M's. Okay, these are the five M's to become saints. This is a mini plan of life. I'm going to give you the five M's and it's your homework to find a biblical passage. That's up to you. Okay. As we conclude this course, these are five practices that if you can carry this out, it's going to help you out the rest of your life. The first M is morning prayer. So we've given you we've given you a card, okay, we've given you a card you all have, and we'll be ending our talk by going through these prayers. So if you don't have it, there you have the prayer you're going to say in the morning as soon as you get up. The morning prayer. Your consecration to Mary. You see it? This is a short prayer by Maximilian Kolbe. There are many forms, but this is the one by Maximilian Kolbe. The second would be mealtime. Meal time. I wonder, do you, do you bless your meal with your parents? Or are you, are you pagans when you sit down to eat? Wake into the pagan American culture. You, you, sh- you should bless the meal. And if you don't, your parents do it. So Father Broom said we should bless the meal. And this is the prayer. Bless us, O Lord, these are guests which we are about to see from the bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Somebody who speaks Spanish? Bendices los alamedicos vamos a tomar bendices que ellos que los han preparado da pan que el que no tiene por Cristo nuestro Señor. Say it in English, it's shorter, right? Or say the Our Father. Say the Our Father. Now sitting down and not thanking God for the meal you have, come on. Right now, there are children in the world that are dying of hunger. Right now. Um, This is not a metaphor. Right now, there are children that will die tonight because of hunger. 
in Mexico, in Vietnam, in the Philippines, squatters, there, there are many that are dying tonight. Here we are. We, we die because we're too fat in this country. <laughs> but, but it's true. You know, we're overweight. Obesity. And, and the mass of humanity don't even enough, have enough to eat every day. And we complain. Your mother prepares me. Oh, that again? If I were your mother, okay, you're not going to eat anything, go to bed, nothing can eat. You'll have Cheerios tomorrow with a banana. You had, uh, if I were your mom and dad, you don't want it, you don't like to eat it, okay, tomorrow you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, okay? Be thankful that you, be thankful that you have something to eat. Amen? Amen? Okay, next. The next M would be, here we go, Meditation. Are you reading the biblical passage and the commentary and meditating a little bit? Are you? Your silence is casting me into desolation. You're launching me into a state of desolation. Well, at least five of you. You know, I, and I wrote this out for you. Say thank you, Father. No? I didn't do that. That took hours, no? Maybe one day some of you will be writers, huh? And maybe some of you write. Writing, I've been doing it for quite a few years. It's about the most difficult thing to do well, writing well. I've written four books. My last book took five years. Yep. So I wrote it out for you. Say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. But thank me by, by doing your exercise, no? Face it, you're on vacation, you've got free time, and you're probably wasting a lot of your free time in things that are basically useless, no? So take advantage of this opportunity. Next M. It is mass. Mass. Daily mass if possible. If you're Juan Diego, you'd be walking 12 miles to Mass at 57 years of age. Here we are, we're in our car, with the music on, sipping Coca-Cola. And there we are, we're only two miles away from the church, and we're complaining the whole way. Come on. We're spoiled, we are. We are spoiled today. So be thankful that the fact that you got this church, you got four masses a day, sometimes five. We're spoiled. I talked to my 92-year-old mother today on the phone, and she said she couldn't go to mass in New Hampshire because there's no mass. And my mom, she loves the mass. She's got a priest as a son, and she was suffering. There's no mass. We've got four masses a day here. And you know, about every mile and a half you've got a church here in L.A. County. Within a five-mile radius, we've got about, I think we've got about ten churches. Right, Mary? So, mass. Thank God for the mass. And last but not least is Mary and the rosary. Love Mary. 
this great saint that we celebrate today, why don't you write it down? Write down Saint Alphonsus Liguori, the glories of Mary. Do any of you like to read? In poco. <laughs> write down Saint Alphonsus Liguori, the glories of Mary. That's the best, that's the greatest book in the world ever written on Mary. Maybe one day you'll get it. I repeat, Saint Alphonsus Liguori, the glories of Mary. So, let's uh, let's close by uh, by saying our prayer to consecration to Mary, then the memorari, then Gerardo has a few things to say. So you got your card? So let's say these two prayers to Mary together. Together, my queen and my mother, I give myself entirely to you to show my devotion to you. I consecrate you this day. My eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good mother, as I am you, keep me and guard me as your property and possession. And the memorari together. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known. Anyone who fled your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession, was left unaided. Spied by this confidence, flying to you, a virgin, a virgin, my mother. To do I come, for I stand, sent from Saul. Mother, word incarnate, spied by my with mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Okay, Herodo? How much time are we going to have for today? 8.26. 15 minutes? Yeah. No, I didn't do it.